Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Wednesday, November 18th. Today on the show, we're going to start looking ahead to the big weekend of sports coming up. We will glance at the Tennessee-Auburn game as well as Nashville SE's playoff match with Tim Sullivan in just a few minutes. But let's start with the Ravens and Titans game. The Titans are losers of three out of four, and the Ravens have lost two out of three. The history between these two teams is hard to ignore, and normally historic statistics have very little impact on the current matchups. But that is not necessarily the case with these two. In fact, the most recent history between these two could play a big role in shaping the strategic matchups this weekend. Sure, four of the 14 meetings between the Titans and the Ravens have come in the playoffs. Sure, we could go back to Eddie George and Ray Lewis. Sure, we could go back to the return of Derek Mason and Chris Johnson. Or we could just go back to last year. The last meeting was a 28-12 performance in the AFC Divisional Round in which Ryan Tannehill totally outdueled Lamar Jackson. And by totally, I mean Derrick Henry had as many touchdown passes in that game as Jackson did. Jackson did stockpile yards, over 500 of them on offense, in that game. A lot coming in garbage time and very little of it resulting in points. He had one total touchdown and two interceptions to go with four sacks. Some things have changed since that game, and some things have not. The Titans and Ravens still want to move the ball on the ground, as two of the top three rushing teams in the NFL this year. The Titans special teams are still a major liability, while Justin Tucker continues to bang through field goals at an impressive clip for Baltimore. So what has changed? Mostly the Titans defense that pressured Jackson into mistakes and negative plays all night in the playoffs last year is nowhere to be found or seen in 2020. But the world also has a lot more tape on Jackson than it did last year. The Ravens quarterback and his modernized version of the Veer offense shocked the NFL last year, and Vrabel was able to deploy his tools to perfection in the playoffs. That isn't likely to be the case this year, but it's also a major advantage having played against Jackson and found success against him. His numbers this year simply aren't anywhere close to his production a year ago. His completion percentage is down a little bit. His yards per attempt are way down. His interception ratio is way up. His quarterback rating is way down. His rushing yards per game are way down. And he's already taken as many sacks this year as he had in all of last year, 23. Call it a sophomore slump. Call it the best football league in the world, learning how to attack a player. Call it pandemic football. Call it whatever you want. The bottom line, the Titans are not the same team and are not as well equipped to handle Jackson as they were last year in the playoffs. But you know what? Jackson hasn't been nearly as good this year either. Make no mistake, Lamar Jackson is still one of the best in the game, and the Titans are still tied for first place. But this game is not only a juicy rivalry matchup that has major playoff implications, but it's also two teams that are struggling, and it feels like the edge of the cliff for somebody. Jeremy Pruitt once again takes a team with a losing record to the Plains to attempt to right his ship halfway through a season against a ranked Auburn team. This was essentially the exact situation Tennessee was in the last time they visited the Tigers. In 2018, Tennessee was 2-3 and and a two-touchdown underdog when they visited number 21 Auburn midway through the year. The Vols are currently an 11-point underdog, and the Tigers are ranked 24th. And just like that year, War Eagle might not be as good as that ranking indicates. It's actually pretty eerie how similar the two situations actually are. Normally, the Volunteers would have to wait a decade or more in between visits to an SEC West team not named Alabama. Normally, one would look at a matchup against a ranked team on the road and view it as a huge obstacle for a struggling team. 
but 2020 has been anything but normal, and Auburn's record has been inflated by lots of fortunate officiating mistakes, and Pruitt's team has literally lived through this situation before. And Jarek Garantano has been here before too, if he starts, that is. In fact, the 30-24 win over Auburn two years ago might have been the best game he's played in his entire career. He threw for 328 yards on 10.3 yards per attempt, making big throws throughout the second half, including two huge touchdowns. Who knows how either team will show up, to be honest. Tennessee had a bye week, got embarrassed in the second half against Arkansas, and then got a game canceled. Auburn survived Ole Miss a month ago and then promptly destroyed LSU in the best performance of the year before immediately taking three weeks off due to COVID. This Auburn team is very beatable, and all of Tennessee's upperclassmen, like Garantano, will remember their last trip to Jordan-Hare Stadium in perfect clarity. But with the bizarre layout of the last few weeks for both teams, whoever shows up ready to compete will win the game. And that mental toughness, attitude, and focus is a direct function of which coach currently sitting on the hot seat, does a better job of preparing their team. After a week off, the biggest sporting event taking place in Music City this weekend is the first ever MLS playoff game in Nashville SC history. Inter-Miami, a fellow expansion club, is coming to Nissan Stadium on Friday night for the first round or play-in round of the MLS Cup playoffs. The match is set to kick off at 8 p.m. Central Time and can be seen on ESPN2. Every morning this week, I will try to give you something a little different and important that you need to know to prepare you for the match coming up on Friday, and we'll do so by turning to an expert, Tim Sullivan of ClubCountryUSA.com. You can follow him on Twitter at ClubCountryUSA, and let's start today, Tim, with the overall state of the roster. Just how healthy is Nashville SC heading into Friday's playoff match? Yeah, this is probably the healthiest it's been uh, since returning to play after the coronavirus break in the middle of the year. The one, I think, probably most prominent question mark is midfielder Anibal Godoy, who was supposed to be away this past weekend on international duty with Panama, but suffered a hamstring strain in in the team's final regular season game, came off at halftime of that game. His status is going to be unknown until that injury report comes out uh, before the game. So that's something that we'll be looking forward to. But other than that, pretty much everybody who has been uh, a potential contributor, I guess you could say, has kind of had their health situation clear up quite a bit over the past few weeks. You mentioned international play sort of disrupting this team at the worst possible time. Sort of explain that dynamic, how the international clubs and Nashville SC have to interact when it comes to player usage, and how is this going to affect the starting lineup on Friday night? Yeah, the national teams are, are a much bigger deal in soccer than they are in most sports, obviously. The biggest event in soccer is the World Cup every four years. Essentially, players play for their national teams. It is not their job. It is what they do kind of to represent the flag that they wear on their chest. And that's something that uh, Anibal Godoy was chosen to do. Like I just mentioned, he he was not able to do that, I guess I should say. And Randall Leal from Nashville SC, who's a Costa Rican international, was out of Nashville this past week as he played for his, his national team a pair of games in Europe. Typically, it's not that big of a deal, especially right now. The MLS calendar took a break during the international window, which they don't always do during the regular season. They knew it was important over the playoffs to do that. The problem is with coronavirus protocols, Leal's going to return to Nashville and have to wait 10 days to make sure that he's clear of of any sort of virus infection. And that's going to prevent him from playing in in the first playoff game against Inter-Miami. And uh, should the boys in gold advance past Miami, since Leal has has yet to return to Nashville, it's going to make it so that he can't play in the second round either if it gets to that. 
So essentially, Gary Smith has every single weapon he could possibly want to deploy as far as lineup and strategy and and substitutions go, except for one of his most productive players over the last (laughs) couple of months of the season. Yeah, you hate to see it happen that way. But unfortunately, that's kind of the cost of having really good players, too, is that they're going to get called up for their national teams. Fortunately, especially in the case of Leal, there's kind of a like-for-like replacement in Hani Mukhtar, one of their other highest compensated players, most productive players, despite missing the past several weeks. He's back, so kind of that's the closest you can get to a like-for-like replacement on this roster. So having Leal definitely hurts, but it would hurt a lot more if Mukhtar wasn't back from injury. And he is one of those guys who fortunately is going to be back in the lineup. He returned against Orlando in the regular season finale, so that's something that getting him back with his full fitness under him is going to be really important. There is your roster update for Nashville SC, as of course Randall Leal, unfortunately, for sure will not be playing, and likely Anibal Godoy as well will not be able to go on Friday evening. Otherwise, you heard Tim say it, this is a Nashville SC squad that's as healthy as it's ever been all season long, and that bodes well for the boys in gold on Friday evening. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. Please rate, review, and subscribe. Share the show, tell your friends. You can follow me, Braden Gall, on Twitter, at Braden Gall. You can follow... 440 Sports, of course, at 440 Sports on Twitter and Facebook and at 440 Media on Instagram. Thank you all for listening. This has been the 440 for Wednesday, November 18th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.